Good evening, Spotify listeners and Anchor FM listeners. I am your host of my podcast here on Anchor FM, Draywise, Draywise, Draywise Conquer. <clears throat> now I want to talk about a particular sport, a fighting sport that is, you know, to me, is in. I think my personal uh, opinion is boxing is, is getting boring. Now that you got these 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 YouTube YouTube and fighters like you know shit like Jake Paul and Paul Logan like what you know what I'm saying like what what anyway I ain't know that I ain't gonna talk about all that you look like this UFC is in a lot of people they say going to sit down and watch the show everyday life White, the president of UFC, he was he was talking about that on um, Fox News channel, saying like people are getting tired, people are getting tired, people don't want to do blah blah blah. So I agree with him saying how we all the political stuff at the end. So I don't know what's going on with the NFL and Indian how it's greatest is going down. Podcast is the updates of the UFC fighters, you know, the fights, upcoming fights, the belts, and all that. So stay tuned for that. I'll be right back. Go get a cup of water, whatever. Here's the commercial. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at DreWise, the number seven. You can also send cash app donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. He was much more, is the president of the UFC, Dana White. Well, okay, that's why I love you, because you don't hold back, you never hold back. You know, oos, and it's always, you know, uh, uh, hard-hitting. All right, uh, by the way, what a card this weekend. What, what a roundup you had going on. You didn't let a single person off during this entire pandemic. You created Fight Island. Tell everybody your thought process throughout. Yeah, I, I just, listen, my, this is always my thought process. There's always a way to figure things out. No is never the answer. And, uh, you know, you just have to be willing to work hard, spend the money, and, uh, you know, there's going to be some trial and error, but we knew we could do it. Yeah, all right, so you don't let them off. Explain how Fight Island came around, because I thought that was a genius idea, and it kept the sport going. It kept your employees employed. Tell us how you did that. Well, thanks. Well, let's let's start with Florida. First of all, here in the United States, we needed to be able to uh, to put on fights. We have our own arena here in Las Vegas, but we couldn't use it. We we couldn't use our own arena in our own hometown, so we had to go to Florida. And you know, the the, the mayor, uh, Mayor Curry in Jacksonville, uh, opened the doors to us, and obviously. Uh, Governor DeSantis was incredible. You have to have government officials that you can work with, people that are, and, and the Florida State Athletic Commission that were willing to work with us um, and figure out ways so that the show could go on. Once we got that figured out, we were putting on shows here in America, 
you know, this is a global sport. We're an international business. So we had to figure out how could we get people in from all over the world, from all these different countries, these fighters and their camps. And, you know, we started talking about islands and, and places where we could uh, build a real bubble. And I've had a great relationship with the royal family in Abu Dhabi for over 12 years. We started talking to them, and uh, we literally built the best bubble on earth when we, when, we, when we went to Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. I want to talk about the growth of UFC over the years, and you're a big part of its success uh, from the get-go. But I want to talk about it through this idea. So you, you watch LeBron James, what he had said last week, then you look at the ratings of the finals in the NBA. 5.6 million viewers is a disaster. The, you know, just a few years ago, they had 50 million people watching the Oscars every year. Now we're down below 10 million. Um, you look at what happened in Georgia with Major League Baseball, when they have far more accessible voting laws than Joe Biden's state of, of Delaware. I'm not trying to drag you into politics. But at Major League Baseball, Kaepernick NFL, LeBron with the NBA, all of these, you know, I, if you look around an athletic stadium, I don't care what the sport is. I see people of all backgrounds, all races, all coming together because they love and have a shared passion for that sport, right? Right. Well, one of the things that I've, that I've really tried to do through this whole thing is stay out of politics. When people tune in to watch sports, they don't want to hear that crap. They don't want to hear what your opinions are, or who you're voting for, or what you're doing. They, they want to get away from everything in their life, and they want to focus on the, whether, you know two, three, four hours, however long the sport is. Throughout this pandemic, when you turned on the UFC, you know, we never talked about COVID. We never talked about politics. And obviously, there are certain fighters, um, you know, male and female, who have their own religious beliefs, their own political beliefs, or whatever. We don't muzzle anybody either. So that if somebody comes out at the press conference and they want to talk about this or that or whatever it might be, it's their God-given right to do it. Um, we, we don't muzzle anybody, but we, we keep politics out of the sport. You want, you want to listen to that stuff? Turn on any other station. <laughs> you got it. You'll hear all the COVID and political stuff you want to hear. When you turn into the UFC, you're, you're there to see fights. Do you see the growth of the UFC? And then when you, you look at the precipitous decline in a lot of other sports because of you know woke politics cancel culture and do you see a direct correlation i mean it'd be hard to say no that that that, that, that they don't go hand in hand I, I truly do believe that people have felt i just put on an event we're the first major sport to have an indoor live event at full capacity during this pandemic we just saturday night we had 15,259 fans there if you wanted to wear a mask wear a mask you didn't want to wear a mask you didn't have to um everybody was there the crowd was was explosive all night it was, it was a great show we broke the arena record and what that tells me uh, i sold out jacksonville going to houston next then vegas Fifty thousand seats sold out in under under five minutes total for all three people are done people are done they're done being told where they can go what they can do they're ready to get back out there and start enjoying their lives again. Hey, Dana, 
Everybody knows. Everybody's heard about the masks. Everybody's heard about social distancing. Everybody knows there are three vaccines out there and available. If people, and I'd advise you to consult with your doctor, do a lot of research on your own, they know that the vaccines are available. Now Americans, if we're going to live free, we've got to live up to that model. They can't just be words. You know, I wrote a book, Live Free or Die, right? So Americans now are informed and they are voting by buying out 50,000 seats in five minutes. By the way, I might hit you up for, I want to pay for them. I always pay for my tickets. Uh, but if you know anybody selling, I may have to buy them on StubHub. I got you. Whatever you need, I got you. <laughs> I'm not taking anything for free, I promise. Uh, but seriously, everybody knows, Dana. They know. And they showed up in droves. I think it speaks volumes. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I, I agree. Listen, it, it, I, I'm, I told you the three states that I'm going into next, we're sold out in all three events. And as things start to open, the next state that opens, it's looking like Arizona might work. And whoever comes after that, I'm coming to your town. I'm going to your arena. And we're going to sell out. Well, I wish you'd make it. That means in New York, where I need to get the hell out of, uh, I'd probably see in 15 years. But anyway, <laughs> congratulations on uh, a great event. Uh, our prayers to, to Weidman and, and his family. We want him, hope he, hopefully he can recover from this and make a return to the octagon, to the cage, and uh, looking forward to watching. Dana White. Thank he got you. up and walked today. He's doing better. Thank Did you. Did he really? He got up and walked today? Yeah, he walked today. You know. Um, wow. they're, they're saying he'll, he'll be in much better shape in the next couple of weeks. It's, it's, it's one of those horrible injuries to watch as human beings. We can't wrap our right. brain around their shin breaking, but it's a broken bone. He, he'll, he's going to make a, a great recovery and he'll be fine. All right. Great news. Our best to him and uh, our best to you. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at DreWise, the number seven. You can also send cash app donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. crazy to throw out Hamzat Chmaev as a potential opponent for him? No. I respect Nick Diaz. I think he did a lot of sports in this sport. But this is the district attorney of Las Vegas. If this fight happened, everybody should go to jail. Everybody should go to jail. I should go to jail. The UFC, everybody. This is this is criminal. How are you going to make Hamzat Chmaev one of the most upcoming fighter to fight I, 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 like a guy like Nick Diaz. It's not even right. I'm not saying taking anything away from Nick. Nick have his time. He built his legacy. But I don't want to. I don't want to see this. If it happened, I, you know, I'm not trying to go to jail. <laughs> you know, Hamzat not trying to go to jail because it will not be good. Has the UFC come to you with any names for Hamzat in August? Listen, I know one guy. I'm gonna give him a bit cloud. Uh, he said he's gonna slap Hamzat. 
And he had a fight coming up, Neil Magny, right? Um, I think this is the fight to make if he wins. You know, I think Robbie Lawler is there. I think Kobe's in there. <laughs> Why not Kobe fight Kamzat, right? If Kobe thinks he deserves a type of fight, Kamzat have much bigger, much bigger star than Kobe. I don't care. Hey, my, come, listen, if Masvidal healthy, why he cannot fight? Uh, comes out, comes out one of the biggest stars in the division. I don't care what he weighs. He was winning world titles when you were in diapers. When you were in diapers. No, Strike Force had some great yeah, fighters, man. I agree, bro. Yeah. Myself, for me. Okay, I have a Yes. 11, 2011, when he wins all titles. Who was best in the world? Middleweight. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva. How he can become world champion if you know, don't beat Anderson Silva? Well, they're different organizations. That's why I say it's okay. <laughs> suspect that the build-up now to this fight as we get a little closer obviously it's still you know uh two and a half months away do you, do you suspect that it will be different this time that it will be a little more like the first fight it seems that way we'll <laughs> see what happens <laughs> we'll do you welcome that dude i welcome everything i welcome the good the bad i'm just a different person and i'm okay with it it's out of my control that's what i've learned over those years it's like i can control what i can and when I can, I can't, so there's no reason to really stress about those things. Um, when it's all said and done, we're gonna get locked in a cage for 25 minutes. The better man's gonna get his hand raised and then on to the next thing. So, and, and honestly, dude, that's the only part about fighting. I just feel like even talking about this stuff over the years and watching the fans' reaction, the only thing I love about the fight game anymore is the fight itself because that's the only i feel like that's the only real part of it mm -hmm. everything else is a fashion show it's a facade it's it's opinions it's painting any picture you want for the masses to believe and it's all fake a lot of it's fake and uh but the, but the beautiful thing is the fight is still real and that's what i love so What is the deal with Zabit Magomed Shapirov, Yair? I, I mean, I, I think everybody sort of has an opinion on the two of you and how, and and why the fight hasn't happened and if the fight is going to happen. So so give us an update on what is going on between you and Zabit Magomed Shapirov. So, to be honest, bro, I don't have nothing against him. You know, he's just trying his hardest. And, you know, as all, as all of us, you know, but you got to remember, like when whenever he wanted to fight me i was the number seven rank in the world i don't i don't even think if, if he was ranked or not you know he was calling my name right after i fight frank yoga for a title contention fight mm -hmm. you know and he wasn't ranked yet and he started calling my name he started nobody knew him where i come from nobody knew who he was you know i'm one of the biggest faces of mma in latin america and nobody knew him out here you know, so I think it was just uh, from uh, like a strategy from them 
to start calling my name, to make him known. And it doesn't, it, it wasn't making any sense for me to fight him. Like, why? You know, I was, I was ready to fight any top 10, any, any top five, but he was just trying to get me super hard. So I was like, okay, you know, you gotta go and fight a little more in order for you just win this opportunity, right? As I, as I earn it myself. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't like to talk bad because everybody has their stuff going on, but I don't even know how is he ranked number three right now. He hasn't even fought in a main card, in the main event. In the main event, he, he fought against Qatar. He fought, uh, he fought for three rounds. You know, how, how can you be, how can you be like calling names and saying all this and bragging around and you are the best and all this, whatever, whenever you're not willing even to take a five round fight? You know, we all know, like, how the deal is, you know. And they... Summer Shandy. Tastes like beer, lemonade, summertime. Lime pools. Flavor the moment. When is this ever happened? Never, uh, just two fighters like this, but as far as I'm, as far as I know, this is unprecedented. Unprecedented. I like it. I own this town, yeah? I own Rio. Where's Jose? He's not even here. Realize he fled the country. I love it here. It's good to be here. I love Brazil. And Brazil loves me. Spinach in the scrambled egg. Absolutely. And can I get two, uh, just a, uh, a nice portion of asparagus? 
Have a nice little nap now. Get a field, little nap. And then do some training over the gym. Whoever said it's tough at the top was talking absolute shit. Is it certainly not? Tem esse negócio que falar que é bom, que é sei o que não. Só a máquina. A máquina. Foi nascido pra vencer. Isso que ninguém tem. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at Dre Wise, the number seven. You can also send Cash App donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. In the world of so many, baby girl, you are it looks as though John Jones is doing everything he can to make his fight against Francis Ngannou a reality, even separating from his longtime management team. Jones is in the middle of very public negotiations with the UFC to come to terms in a deal to fight for the heavyweight title. The highly anticipated matchup is one that many fight fans want to see, but at the moment, Dana White is not too keen on paying Bones what he wants for that fight. It seems though that Bones will be using a new management team to work out the details after he and the Florida-based team that he's worked with for years have amicably parted ways. After an 11-year journey as Johnny Bones' management team, first-round management and Bones have amicably decided to part ways. We are proud of him and the work we've done. We wish him the best going forward. Following that announcement, Jones posted on his Instagram page to make a statement of his own on the matter. It's been an absolutely amazing journey. Thank you so much for all the memories and business ventures. Wishing the Kawa family and everyone over at First Round Management many blessings moving forward. Glad to be able to call you guys friends for life. First Round Management is owned and operated by brothers Malki and Abraham Kawa, who also manage Jorge Masvidal, Demetrius Johnson, and even NFL players. In a Twitter post, Malki Kawa said this, clarifying a few things. Sometimes it's best to just walk away. Glad to have repped the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in Johnny Bones for the last 11 years. No, this had nothing to do with his Nganu negotiations. John has been handling that negotiation on his own, and has been as he wanted to speak for himself when it came to the last few fights. So no, sorry fans, you can't blame me. We all agreed it was just best to start over. At Abraham and I are working on a lot of major things at FRMN, and sometimes you just have to know when to say when. The whole thing comes as Bones is in the midst of locking up a heavyweight title shot. Just earlier this week, he took to Twitter to shoot down claims by UFC President Dana White that Jones was asking for $30 million for the fight. I never discussed wanting $30 million with you or Hunter at Dana White, just wondering where you heard that number. Is someone speaking with you on my behalf or dot dot dot? What do you make of Jones parting ways with his management team? In the wake of Valentina Shevchenko's impressive victory over Jessica Andrade at UFC 261 this past weekend, it's unclear who in the women's flyweight division could be a potential matchup for her. This is why many people who have been calling for a trilogy fight between The Bullet and Amanda Nunes, but UFC President Dana White is saying not so fast. Valentina starched Jessica Andrade in every way possible, out grappling the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, having taken her down seven times in a fight that lasted only two rounds, tying the record for most takedowns in a female fight. The bullet ultimately beat up Andrade while holding her down in a crucifix, delivering nasty elbows until the referee stopped the fight. 
it was perhaps Valentina's most dominant victory, and one that came via her polished grappling skills. Given that Valentina has pretty much cleared out her division of any possible contenders, Dana White was asked whether a third fight between her and Nunez is something he's interested in doing. The UFC president responded by saying this. Their own legacies. Listen, they fought a couple times. You know, um, you know, people can think whatever they want. There's always somebody else coming up. There's always a new contender. And it's not Valentina's fault that she's, you know, one of the all-time baddest women on this planet. So um, making her move up to 135 pounds just doesn't, doesn't make sense. They did it twice. Listen, if they both come to me and they both want to do it and whatever, then, 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 you know, I'll make it happen. But it's not something I'm thinking about. Remember, Valentina moved up to 135 pounds twice to challenge the Lioness for the title. Both fights were razor-close decisions that went Amanda's way, giving her two wins over Valentina. Both fights were close enough that many feel Valentina could have easily been crowned the winner. But given how dominant both women have been against other opponents, building a legacy independent of one another, it seems as though White prefers to keep this matchup in his back pocket if there truly is no other deserving contenders for either female in the coming years. Of course, this is MMA, and new contenders are constantly on the rise, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with both Valentina and Amanda as they both continue their careers. Still, what do you think? Do you agree with Dana White in that both women should build their own legacies? Or do you feel that this is the women's fight to make? During UFC 261, there was one cage-side confrontation that made headlines. The unexpected verbal sparring between former UFC heavyweight and light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier and YouTube boxer Jake Paul attracted comments from all over the social media sphere during the UFC 261 broadcast. It also prompted an impromptu chant by fans at the Star Memorial Arena of Jake Paul. During the latest episode of DC and Helwani on ESPN, Cormier broke down how the confrontation started, what was said, and more. At first, Cormier describes how Jake Paul even got his attention while sitting cage side. So I look behind me and he's like making faces at me and waving at me. He's like waving at me and making faces. I'm like, what in the world is happening? Like, what is happening? In the middle of the broadcast. Well, yeah, I was like, I'm 24. I'm like this 24 year old kid is like, he's heckling me. Right. Exactly. He's like a troll, but like a famous troll. Then DC goes on to describe the confrontation in great detail, noting that he went up to him to make sure Jake Paul doesn't continue to disrespect him. So I just walk over there and he kind of leans in like we're going to have a... Let's go, boy. Do they know you by name? <laughs> Study your tape. Dread the very sight of you on the field. Ready? Hike. It will now. We're gonna have a conversation. And his hands are in his pocket. And and I said, hey, I'm not gonna play your games. I go, don't mess with me. So I'm not I'm not a kid to play with like this. Like, I'm not gonna be on the internet messing around and all this other stuff. I go keep my name out of your mouth. And then his security came, and then he started to kind of... Once the security everybody got around, he started to play big boy a little bit, starts trying to point and do all that. But initially, he thought his hands are in his pocket, and he kind of leans in. And I said, I'm not going to play your game. 
I'm not gonna fight. I said, you're gonna get yourself hurt, like messing around. I'm not gonna fight with you and play these public shenanigans. I go, keep my name out of your mouth. He said, well, you said my name first. And I'm like, don't play with me. I said, don't play with me. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not a kid to be messing with like that. Then, Helwani asked DC if they ever came close to blows. And I wanted to grab his face. I was yeah. gonna grab him by the face, but I would've gotten in trouble by the UFC. Right. Because I need, because listen, a kid like that, you you like like you alpha a kid like that. When these kid when people start making you alpha, like I wanted to grab him by the face and smash him into the ground, but I can't do that at work. I would have gotten into a lot of trouble. So I just went over there and tried to have a conversation with the kid, and then you know the security comes and all that, and he's like, "Well, sign the contract." I'm like, "Come on, sign the what contract." Con- what are you talking about? Sign the contract. What, what contract are you referring to? This Holocaust contract. What is that? Sign the contract. What are you talking about? Sign the contract. There is no contract. Like, I mean, I told you last week, you don't punch down the, to go do all that. But, like, come on, dude. You can talk and act like that with certain people. Not everybody. After that, Helwani then asks if DC wants to fight Jake Paul. DC responded by saying this. Why would I go and box Jake Paul? Who I am doesn't make me chase anything. I made my money as the heavyweight champion of the world. I don't have to chase a payday. This kid wants to fight, okay, I'll fight him. But it'll be a mixed martial arts competition. What do you make of the confrontation between Cormier and Jake Paul at UFC 261? Swedish fighter Hamza Chimab's name came up during Dana White's post-fight press conference after UFC 261 last weekend, and there is a possibility that we could see him take on Nick Diaz. Hamza hasn't fallen since last year, when he was awarded the 2020 Breakout Fighter of the Year by MMA Junkie for his impressive performances in his first three UFC fights. First, Hamza became the first UFC fighter in history to win back-to-back fights by a TKO just 10 days apart. Then, he went on to knock out Gerald Mearshat with a one-punch KO. Since then, Hamzat has been booked to fight Leon Edwards twice, but both of those instances were shelved after each fighter contracted COVID-19. Hamzat's infection was actually a whole lot worse, and it took some time for him to recover. Now, he's healthy and ready to get back into the octagon. After UFC 261 this past weekend, Dana White mentioned that Nick Diaz had expressed interest in fighting again, and one person asked if Hamzat would be a possible good first matchup. White agreed with the scenario. Now, just days after that, Hamzat was asked about the possibility of fighting Nick Diaz, and this is what he had to say. Now I'm going to fight with him, my brother, perfect for me. I like it. I want to see Real gangster, I don't know. I think he's a real gangster in this sport, but we'll see. Hamza would be excited to fight Diaz, who himself hasn't fought in a few years. Of course, he's legend, brother. Everybody know him in this world, MMA world. I, this, this good, this good, good guys, and like play gangsters. Uh, like gonna be a good fight. If it's if you wanna fight against me, I don't know. Maybe he's scared. I hope it's Nate for me, like because I how like I was out, you know, like how many months? He was out many years. <laughs> yeah. Coming back, 
it will be good. It will. I, I think it's music can make good money with that. Yeah. Pro there in press conference and everything, you know. I like these guys like my. martial arts community received two shocking news in just one day. First, it was announced that former UFC champ TJ Dillashaw is out of his return bout, which was planned for the event on May 8th. Dillashaw explained that he got injured in the middle of a training session. He announced this, I'm sad to say that I have to be pulled from my fight on May 8th due to a cut received from a headbutt while drilling. Rescheduling the fight as soon as possible. Then the second report followed involving veteran Diego Sanchez, who will not make it to his next and final bout against Donald Cerrone. However, the UFC is working to keep Cowboy on the fight card and to find a short notice replacement. Expected, UFC fighter Kevin Holland was one of the first fighters who offered to step in and fight Cowboy on short notice. He said this, I'll run my butt off. I'll sleep upstairs with my heat maxed out and a Suna suit on. You're a legend, nothing but respect Cowboy. I will gladly step up and probably come in around 175. But if the Cowboy needs a dog to go for the ride, maybe show you few tricks, call Big Mouth. Holland tagged the matchmakers and the official organization profile to his post. impressed the mixed martial arts world with his second round win against Gamebred. He knocked him out in brutal fashion. Dana White and other UFC fighters praised the current champ as the most dominant fighter. After Habib's official retirement, the welterweight champ moved to the top of the game and takes over the number one spot in the ESPN rankings. At the UFC 261 post-fight press, the champ said that his work is not over yet and that he's still working hard to improve his game. He said this about his next steps. I've finished my last three opponents, I've finished them all. So right now I just need to take some time and continue to train and get better. But these guys got to show me something because right now I'm the champion, I'm the most active guy in the division. These guys just can't wait around and wait for me to call their number. They need to show me something. I want to be that role model to everyone from Nigeria, from Morocco, from Cameroon, all the way down to South Africa. I want to motivate them and say this can be done so. This one was extremely satisfying for me. Jake Paul reacted to his statement and offered him a fight against him. He promised him that he will get the biggest payday of his fighting career if he accepts the challenge against him. He said this, challenge accepted, if your boss Dana gives you permission to box me and make more money than you ever have. Let me know and we can lace them up. I promise, it will be your biggest payday. It didn't take long for the champ to respond to his offer. He makes it clear, he is not interested to fight a YouTuber or Disney kid, and declines his offer. He posted this, keep making your money young man, and stay on that side. I ain't no Disney kid, and I don't play fighting. 
Jake Paul was angry after getting disrespected by him and shared his thoughts. He also revealed that he could make more than 10 million if he would accept to fight him. Jake said this, so let's get this straight. 1. Usman calls me out to fight on TMZ Sports Interview. 2. I quickly accept the challenge to fight and will give him biggest payday of career, which is 10 million plus. 3. Usman then backs out of the fight because I'm a Disney kid. Then he finished his post with a caption of the champ together with his daughter in Disney World. Dustin Poirier makes his prediction for the UFC 264 main event. He will fight the Notorious for the third time. He said this in an interview with ESPN. I'm going to finish Connor again. I'm going to stop him. July 10th I'm going to get my hand raised and I'm going to finish Connor McGregor again. When he was asked how he's planning to finish him, Dustin said that he doesn't make picks like that. He confirms that he will be ready. Dominic Reyes had a tough year 2020. He lost two title fights back to back. Some would argue that he didn't lose against John Jones, but his second loss at UFC 257 was even more bitter due to the fact that he lost via technical knockout. Now, he reveals what happened and how he's feeling going into his next fight. Oh, it's been a lot of uh, training in the dark, training, training, you know, not a lot of eyes on me, not. You know, everybody kind of wrote me off after the last one, so it's good. I'm, I'm able to go back to working in the bunker and, and building these bombs back up. Yeah, I would agree. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy from a small town. Um, the attention, um, I lost myself a little bit there. I, I did, and uh, it's good to get back to family and my roots, man. Due to training or any preparation? Well, not at all. I know I won that fight. Period. No matter what, nobody could ever take that away from me. Um, but that didn't have anything to do with it. The thing that had everything to do with it was things surrounding camp. Um, I was only a six-week camp after a six-month layoff. You know, that's a, that's a tough thing to do overall. Um, but not only that, you know, I had things going on in my life and my family, and I wasn't in the right headspace. I was, I wasn't me. I wasn't me at all. I mean, the performance showed. I fought. Uh, didn't fight free. I fought timid. I fought. <laughs> Michelle Watterson and Marina Rodriguez will headline UFC Vegas 26 and May 8th, but the fight will take place at flyweight. Watterson fought the last time in September 2020. where she won a split decision win against Angela Hill. She confirms this in an interview with BJPenn.com.
It has been insane. It really has. But, with every fight I've had throughout my entire fight career, there is always a lesson to be learned. The lesson, that I am taking away is, I just realized in life, there will always be opportunities, but the question is are you ready if the opportunity comes? I was supposed to fight, then I wasn't. Now I got this opportunity on Monday, and it's not something I had to do, and I don't think you should take a fight, because you had to, but because you want to, and I wanted to. I was excited about the challenge, I was excited for the opportunity to step up to the plate, go into Vegas, 5 rounds at 125, let's go. tell you something a little bit about myself you know I thought about pursuing MMA you know say being a fighter I was like in high school I was like six I was like 78 years old I had a conversation with my uncle about it he you know he was kind of concerned my aunt's husband my aunt's my aunt husband was concerned at that time he was like because he took me to this restaurant out there in Cocker Falls I think it's a Mexican restaurant whatever so we sat down and had like a little dinner, whatever. He picked me up, you know, had something to eat, give me something to eat, whatever. Had dinner, whatever. So we was talking. I was telling my telling my uncle, I was like, you know, I want to get in the ring. He was like, get in the ring? Yeah, I was like, yeah. And then um, he was like, well, I don't want you to get hurt or anything like that. I don't want you to bunk up against these shysters or these, 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 these bullshit-ass uh, promoters and managers. And at that time, you know, I was 17, 18 years old. I didn't, you know, just like any, any other young person is, didn't want, don't want to hear nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? I just like let it go out one after the other. So now I'm at the age now, like, I'm not considering or pursue it because I'm at the point, like, I'm on a different page in my life. And plus, a lot of guys that's, you know, that's fighting, you know, in UFC, MMA around my age, 30, like, 27, 29, 30, like around my age, 33, and beyond, because they are basically walking out, retiring. Now, what you see today, like, you know, um, Bones, you know what I'm saying, um, James, not James, excuse me, um, Jones, you know, he's still fighting. I think he's like around my age, but they, they, they doing it more because the money looks good. That's it, the money. Nowadays, it's about money. Like, you got these YouTube, like Jake Paul and Paul Logan. They only doing it for money and clout for their they, they social media stuff. You know what I'm saying? But UFC, I agree with uh, uh, Dana White. How he was saying, like, you know, reason why we're so successful now. And, like, you know, because we leave all that stuff at the door. You can, you know, no. Nah, I agree to that. And like he said, you have to think it through. You have to think it through. Think it through. You know what I'm saying? That's what this coronavirus is. It's all about a political power. That's it. Seeing what works and what don't work. It's all everything that's mixed in coronavirus is basically Ebola, uh, H1N1, so much other shit. It's all combined together. So I think you know right now UFC is number one right now. I think UFC UFC is in and boxing. That's what they doing with boxing. Boxing they turn it into like a exhibition stuff. You know what I'm saying? All the old boxers want to come back. You know, it's fine and all, but you got these Instagram stars and YouTube stars want to try to get in the ring. Like, y'all don't have no no 
no resume of building a, 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 a record up. Like, y'all just do it just to do it. Like, say, well, well, I can fight. I can fight. I can fight. <sighs> like I said, I think UFC, you know, it always been there. It's nation. It's like national. It's everywhere, you know. But I like fighters like, let me tell you, I like fighters like uh, Rampage, you know. Um, I like Brock. Le I like Brock Lesnar, of course. Um, who else? Who else? Hoist Gracie. All, all them do. You know what I'm saying? Chuck Liddell. All that. You know. Um, but UFC to me, it's a, it's a physical sport. It's like I explain it to you. UFC, you can box. You can do mixed martial arts. You can, uh, uh, um, what else? Jujitsu, um, wrestle. Whatever, it's all combined. But see, one thing about if you understand fighting, like boxing, kick, it's kickboxing too. Kickboxing, boxing, UFC, MMA, street fighting, whatever. They all based on, see, street fighting is like whatever. You know what I'm saying? Use whatever. You you have to go through all this little weight, try to combine your weight with that person, weight loss and all that game weight. No, see, street fighting is like free fall. But see, when it comes to boxing and UFC and kickboxing, or jujitsu, I'm like around uh, one eighty something, so I'm more like a what they call it a, a, a middleweight. I think something like that. I don't know. So the thing is, when it comes to UFC boxing and kickboxing, you have to make weight. If you're too heavy, they won't let you fight. You got to be combined with that person. So if I'm like one eighty, if I'm one eighty, somebody got to be at least like. 179 to 180 be combined to match the match the weight thing. The weight gotta be to, you know what I'm saying? So it could be like equal. <clears throat> but what I'm looking at now, I'm looking at all these like these female um MMA UFC fighters. Cause that's that's, that's more to me, I, I like to see females, women like to throw down. Y'all also like to like to hear rap like female rappers also because I think more rappers, female artists are more interested in the male artists. Right now, so we were saying on the uh, on Fox News that you know how it's so successful. It's a business, like you said. It's a business. The business is you know we gotta come up for our money. You gotta talk to whoever, talk to your team, and let's make this happen. You just can't just say, "Well, uh, I want to fight that person." No, it's not how it works. You gotta come off that money. We gotta negotiate. Blah, blah, blah. See what happens. Just like that Pacquiao and Floyd. To me, that was a decision of, you know, no knockout Floyd and um, Pacquiao. It was just a decision of who landed punches, blah, blah, blah. But how that works, or that fight works, that I understand I understand the boxing world. I understand the UFC world. I understand the kickboxing. I understand the sports. So if you understand, like, low, the money team Floyd Mayweather, he want people say, well, the rumor is we want to see you and Pacquiao get it on. Okay, well, you talk to your people. I'm gonna to talk to my people. Let's get this money. Get this money right. You know, so this whole thing that you know, I think Logan Paul wants to fight Floyd. Man, I don't understand that. I, I to me, I thought he, I'm thinking maybe he wanted to do that because get some payback for uh, uh for uh, Nate Robinson, whatever. But uh man. I just think UFC is in. UFC is more interesting. 
to me because you could do all. You can box, you can wrestle, you can kick, you can elbow, but you don't, you cannot hit, but you know what I'm saying? You cannot hit, but like I said, this man is very successful. Um, uh, Dana White, the president of UFC, MMA, he's very successful. He's a businessman. He's not the CEO, he's the president. You know what I'm saying? So he's very successful what he's doing. You know, he be on the keep he's he's been everywhere. He's been flying here and there in Europe and France and, and all over the globe promoting this fighting thing. So that's what's in now. Cause the ratings of like he said, fifty thousand, fifty thousand, fifty thousand people fill up them seats. Fifty thousand people sold out. Sold out. A business like this. Exact same thing with wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Wrestling still goes on. You got AEW against WWE. Sold out. But you know, WWE, you know, it was making more, it was, it was hitting ratings higher than the NBA and NFL. But uh, this, this UFC and then MMA, it's, it's a competitive fighting, 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 fighting sport that you can get hurt. You can't get hurt. You got to know what you're doing. Like I said before, I said this on my live. Boxing, UFC, MMA is a thinking, thinking mathematical. Because it don't just tell you to count, but it's it's mathematical. It's a thinking sport. How I'm going to knock you out. How I'm going to hit you. How I'm going to take you down. How I'm going to do this. See, me, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm, my weight and my height, I'm not, I'm not a tall man. I'm like, Five eight five nine, and I weigh like what, like one hundred and eighty, eighty five to one ninety, around there. So I'm like between one step, like one seventy, one seventy eight through one eighty to one 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 ninety. You know what I'm saying? So if I want to fight someone in a business like this, that you know, that you gotta build up a record, you gotta build up a resume. You know, so if I want to fight someone. In, in the octagon, I gotta drop weight. You know, so I gotta shed weight. If that person weigh like 170, I gotta bring my weight down to 170. I ain't about to do all that. <laughs> I ain't about to do all that. I'm not about to do all that. You know, Kimbo Slice, rest in peace. He, he dominated the street fights. He dominated. Even though Kimbo Slice, you know, he, he got into the, they used to do this thing like the little reality show, like the show, like, um, had these guys live together and, BS. So Kimbo Slice, he was more of a. He was more of a. He he was good at his hands, but he needed more cardio. He needed more win. But he was more skilled with them power punches of them jabs and hit you and knock you out. But everybody can't. Everybody can't do all this. And a field like the USC MMA is a business. You know, within the business, you gotta work. Got to trade, got to eat, blah, blah, blah. You're always on the road promoting shows. You got to build. It's like a, it's an entertainment. So whoever you don't like, blah, blah. You talk trash like I'm going to beat your ass, whatever. Push your motherfucker. You got Dana right there trying to separate y'all, whatever. But I understand the UFC. I understand MMA. I understand fighting, period. You know what I'm saying? Fighting, when you get in the ring, this person's not going to. Take it easy. This person's not going to like. Oh, I'm gonna be easy. Or you know, this person's gonna. This person's gonna knock your head off. 
<laughs> so Anchor FM listeners, I mean, at the age I was at, like in, I was like in my teenage age, I always want to do it. But I say, you know, I never got around to try to pursue it. I try to build up a resume. I was doing other shit like ch- chasing females and blah, 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 drinking, smoking, high, whatever. Smoking weed, blah, blah, blah. But them days is gone. Now I'm in my 30s. I'm just like, I'm considering. So what's going on now? People are saying, fuck it. We want to get back to things like it used to be. We're tired of being told what to do. So we're going to fill up these seats at the octagon. You know what I'm saying? And there you go. I think life is based on... Uh, my, I talked to my dad. My dad said, well, life is seen like creature. Every creature fights. I said, yeah, yeah, that's going to be true when it comes to fighting for some for some piece of that, that, that female, yeah. But life to me is like like action. Life to me is like, you know, it's, 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 it's action. Action, action, action. So the UFC is very in. UFC MMA is in. Boxing to me is boring now. It's boring. Because, you know, you're just doing, you're just doing the simple basic steps. Even though every boxer is different. You're doing the doing steps like on your toes, and you just jabbing, jabbing. You got south pole. You got a, you got you got people that's brawlers. You just jabbing and moving and on your on your feet. Not UFC. UFC is more of a you use your knees, elbows, jab, grab, whatever. Period. So I think I think UFC is gonna be. It's already been there. But now it's taking off. It's taking off, taking off. And like he said, I agree with Dana White. He said, so if you got to figure out things, how to make this work. So there you go. Like he said, people, he said, he advised people to come in an arena to wear masks. But people just don't give a fuck. People don't give a fuck. Yeah, people just don't give a fuck. He said, when they wear masks, they wear masks. Shit. I got my money. <laughs> but put on a show. Let's get ready to rumble. So, you guys can um check me out on other social media platforms. Facebook, of course. I'm also on YouTube. I got I got to uh, post the link of my uh, exercise channel, YouTube. Um, yeah, so. It's coming to that point. Basketball and NFL is is just is pummeling. It's going down. What's, what I see now is it's just wrestling and and um UFC is going up. Here you So you guys take care of yourself. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening to me on my podcast. You know what I'm saying? I talk about whatever. I'm open minded. You know? And I'll come back at come back at on at the exact same time. Here on Anchor FM. Dre Wadmanay, peace and farewell. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at Dre Wise, the number seven. You can also send cash app donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you.